0: Hi everyone, this is Noor, and welcome to the Radical Contemporary Podcast. In this episode, I speak to gallery director Aidan Meller, a specialist in modern and contemporary art. With over 20 years' experience in the art business, he works closely with private collectors and is often consulted by those who wish to begin or further develop their collections. He regularly has original works by the likes of Picasso, Matisse, Chagall to older works such as John Constable and Turner. Aidan has been an art dealer for over 20 years with an art and history of art degree, then training at Sotheby's Institute. He set up the longest established gallery in Oxford and has appeared on BBC News, Sky TV, CNN and many more publications to discuss matters in the art world. In 2019, Aiden developed the concept of the world's first ultra-realistic robot artist called Ada. Bringing a team of experts together called the Oxfordians, Aiden was able to devise a cutting-edge, artistically creative robot, which I happened to have met at Abu Dhabi Art Fair in November of 2019. Named after Ada Lovelace, the first computer programmer of all time, Ada's first exhibition at the University of Oxford created a media storm, appearing in over 1,000 publications worldwide as the first robot artist. And now to my conversation with Aidan Meller. I'm speaking to Aidan Meller, who is the founder of Aida, the first artist robot in the world, I think, actually. And it's really funny because I met, her in 2019 at Abu Dhabi Art Fair I was there with a an Egyptian art consultancy and gallery and we were showing and then my friend and I walked up and spoke to Ida for a little bit and then we spoke to Aiden for a little bit and it really stuck with me the experience because it was absolutely unforgettable actually and so yeah and then after that we stayed connected over several different mediums and I've been attending all of your zoom calls Um, and telling everyone about them pretty much because they're incredibly informative, actually. So I want you to tell us very briefly, where did you begin your career in art?
1: Thank you for having me. This is a really exciting moment to uh, catch up with you after seeing you in Abu Dhabi. Um, My career has been actually quite a long one. I actually came into the art world over 20 years ago. But in actual fact, it wasn't long until I was actually at Sotheby's Institute in London. And as we all know, there's many art worlds, there's not just one. Different behaviors, different customs, different approaches. Yeah. And so to have a bird's eye view across all the different art worlds was an incredible privilege. And as a result of that, I got incredibly excited by the opportunity. Yeah. And so in actual fact, I set up a gallery uh, just outside London. So School of Paris, Picasso, Matisse, Chagall, and modern British, Henry Moore, Hepworth, St. Ives Group, etc. And so okay. I specialised in modernism from basically 1880 to 1950. And really had that as my primary focus as a gallery. And we got works in by Bukhaz Chicago We got these amazing works in.
0: You were, fully a, you were a gallerist for... How many years? So, we
1: were, so I became a gallerist, that's right. And I did that for, as I say, 20 odd years. Wow. Okay. Uh, in the end, it was three three galleries. We had a, a modernist gallery, a contemporary gallery, and a, a Victorian gallery. So we had three galleries in uh, different, di- different artworks and had very different markets as a result.
0: Amazing. So I always find it really interesting, your kind of creation myth or the inception of Aida. It really started from what I understood from you as sort of like a, a question, a thought process.
1: Yeah, it was a very, very humble, humble beginning, really. I was in the gallery and I had Picasso on my right, a drawing by him, and I had Turner opposite, on the above the mantelpiece. And uh, two drawings, one by Picasso, one by Turner. And I had a really amazing artist come in who was showing me their wares and they're wanting me to sell their work. And they were technically brilliant. Okay. And I was really impressed with them, but I realized that they weren't going to do very well. Even though they were technically brilliant, there was something wrong, there was something missing. But it got me to think the question, well, what is it about artists that succeed? This guy was really technically brilliant, but he wasn't. I would have thought they're going to be very successful. So as a result of that, it made me ask a really profound question, a question that I was determined to answer. And the question was, um, what is it about the 1% of artists that dominate the entire entire art world? 1% of the art world actually have sales in 90% of the cases. Right. So what is it about this 1% that is so successful compared to anybody else? And so I went home, I got it, went into my spare bedroom, I got some wallpaper and I put it onto the wall and I wrote, uh, used them as columns for Casa you know all of the different top artists, right from the Renaissance period right up to contemporary. And I right. put where they were born, when they were born, all the way down to when they were died. And I was trying to find a blueprint for this 1%. It was very frustrating because I couldn't find any. I was in this room for 3 months each night trying to work it out and I came down to my de- my partner and I said it's not working. I can't see where the 1% they are so different from each other. Damien Hirst or Jeff Koons is nothing like Constable or Turner. Uh, Raphael and Michelangelo are nothing like Ai Weiwei or or Warhol. Right. What is it about this 1% that unites them, and she said, "Well, you're obviously not answering the right questions." So I went back the following night, very frustrated, very annoyed, and I said, "What is it that I'm not asking?" So I went through who, where they were born, you know, who they were involved with, who was there, whether they were wealthy, whether they were educated, and nothing united them. And then suddenly, I had this epiphany moment that was the inception to aid a Robot. The epiphany moment was I realized that all the 1% which are super successful were asking difficult questions of their age. Yeah. And that is why they were really super famous because when they put their work out there, people were already feeling these questions. So for Turner and Constable, it was about the mills and the rise of the the factories. Um, for people like Damien Hurst and Jeff Koons, it's about the rise of media and mass advertising. Yes, uh, taking it from Warhol. So I realized that. Well, so therefore I asked the question: Well, what is it of today that is such a big question? What are the things that are making people really uncomfortable? What is it about today that is unresolved, unquestioned, and difficult? Yeah. Uh, so I read twenty-two books about the near future. I read the twenty-two books about the near future, and I realized it was the rise of machine learning or artificial intelligence. Yeah. I realized well, this is the thing that's going to disrupt the next period really strongly. And so with that, I um, just played with my son. He was playing Lego, and he made a little robot. And I just thought, is it possible that we could make a robot that would make artificially intelligent artwork that critiqued the rise of all this technology? And so I did exactly that. I basically I um, went to various different computer companies to robotics companies i went to the uh, machine learning department at oxford university i'm based uh, near oxford and with that we were able to then devise this incredibly ambitious project it required 30 odd people to make ada and we got engineered arts involved which is a, a robotics company that we were really impressed with we then got uh, ai programmers uh, PhD students at Oxford University and at Leeds University to be able to then program Ada's creativity to eventually make her to be able to paint and draw.
0: It's so yeah, that it's was actually,
1: a quick synopsis. No, no, I'm
0: just letting you speak because it's actually the most brilliant story. It's so meta, and and you have to understand something on a very simple scale. Even in seeing Ada in real life, there are people who are. There are people who are so eager to approach and speak to her and there are others that are so, not afraid, but others are very anxious and and they won't actually approach. So robots are actually the thing, I guess, that we are most curious about and also the thing we probably fear most. Right? Very uncomfortable. Yeah, it is uncomfortable. It's so true.
1: People are yeah. the love her or hate her. They, they, they exactly. react very strongly to her.
0: And I saw a lot of people like when you speak to her, others are just standing in the background, kind of a bit more far away, observing, and then others will run up and just want to understand okay. more. So it's kind of such a fascinating dichotomy and I love it so much actually. And so where are the, the scientists from that have created her? All over the world or sort of based in one place?
1: Yeah, Oxford's very cosmopolitan. So in actual fact, most of them are PhD students. And we got a whole number of professors involved. We've got a whole lot of PhD students involved, all based in Oxford and for the arm in Leeds. And uh, they're from it they're very international so the two gentlemen who helped program Haram, uh, as you're probably well aware are actually egyptian and we were absolutely thrilled Which they were amazing. actually doing an undergraduate degree in in robotics and they were studying here and there's there's not a huge pe- a lot of people who are, are very skillful in this area so the pool
0: So this is actually so interesting. So then it's kind of like a a mix of people and and, and individuals and cultures that ended up making this robot artist. that
1: that Over 30 people, that's right, right. yeah.
0: And so I'm so happy that they're Egyptian because I'm Egyptian, which is um,
1: something
0: that that makes you really connect a little bit more, I suppose. So Ida began showing her work. You started taking her to art fairs. So how did a fair like Abu Dhabi come about? How do you introduce a concept like this to such a fair?
1: Again, we were approached because when we did the first exhibition at Oxford University, what we were shocked by was the media response. There was over 900 publications cover that first exhibition. The interest in her, and it went all over the world from the far East and China to America, uh, to the Middle East, all, it really was a global story. And as a result of that, because we had so much coverage, we then got an enormous amount of inbound traffic. So the first place we went to was the Barbican in London as part of the Wired magazine event. We then went to actually to Ars Electronica in Austria. We then did a whole range of things. We went to the Tate Exchange at Tate Modern. Amazing that we were at Tate Modern after only a few months of her being made. But that shows again the interest in her as part of their Tate Exchange program. We then went to the Middle East. We went to Dubai as part of Harper's Bazaar. And then as part of their
0: uh, fashion cast. Such names, such very big names. For kind of a start, it began, I suppose, in 2019, correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so then for a year, a you,
0: yeah, you hit a lot of milestones in one year. And that must have been quite overwhelming, actually, for you as the creator. How were you absorbing
1: all of that? It was exhausting. I mean, it was completely <laughs> overwhelming. You suddenly have the spotlight honors as much as that was, was extraordinary and we realized that we had absolutely broken new ground here I think the reason the interest in Ada why is there so much interest in her because I think people thought robots were going to deliver pizzas or they were going to do you know Amazon logistics they didn't think that they would get into a very human occupation like art Right. And so it was a bit threatening, a bit worrying. And then suddenly this, this robot comes along that does something that is considered purely artistic, purely human. And yeah. it was, oh, my gosh, what is this? This can't be. And, of course, algorithms can be creative. There's a huge well, it's, not a, it's not a debate. It, it, you know, it's, it's factual. Algorithm. Yeah. We use Professor Margaret Boden's definition of creativity that something creative has to be new, surprising, and of value. And when we spoke to the programmers who were devising right. the programs to be creative, we said they have to be new, surprising, and of value uh, as programs, and which, of course, we did as a... So everything Ada does is unique to her. There is no other robot that can do what Ada does. And so we were individually programmed for her, and they are, as I say, highly creative. We, we, we're very, every picture she draws is different. Even if she saw you twice she would do two, two portraits of you in different ways. Amazing. Um, she can never repeat the same thing. And so um, people to say, she's just a copier, just following programs. Absolutely not. She is following programs, but in actual fact, the aspect and creativity within the program makes her very highly creative.
0: I find it so interesting that she is essentially a robot. And so it kind of breaks down all the barriers of this idea that an artist's work becomes more valuable as they grow older and eventually pass away. And, and then we have all of these conversations now about NFTs and making sure that work is has longevity and credibility and, and value. So what are your thoughts on that and the idea of how much work she creates and, and the interaction with, for example, installation work, like going bigger and, and going bigger, going home, I suppose. It's, it's actually an amazing thing.
1: Yeah, no, that's right. Well, the, during the pandemic, we obviously were not able to travel. And so yeah. as a result of that, we really just focused on her abilities. So during the pandemic, her abilities have got hugely more remarkable.
0: And right. so we've
1: really spent a huge amount of time this last year and a half really trying to develop what she's capable of doing. So she's now gone into sculpture. She's done on performance art. She's now been able to do so many more things and as regards the the numbers we do a huge amount of experimentation but we only release a few works yeah. so in actual fact you know i've done our investment for the last 20 odd years in a gallery so i'm not going to suddenly not follow what i've understood from that period so in actual fact we are only releasing uh, a number of works each time so that investors can have confidence in in the project and so we just do a few project a few artworks each time and as a result of that, they are highly desirable. Every show that we've we've done the second show now, and each time they sell out shows, because there's not a huge number and people are really interested. But why, because of the innovation? we really have focused on innovation. She's doing things that robots have never done before, and she's doing things that have never been done before in the art world, and that's why the interest in her is so high.
0: And it makes sense because at the end of the day it's still the art market. And I know that every time you do send out any news about Ida, it's always bigger and, and more substantial than, than the time before. So I've attended a lot of your Zoom seminars and you speak about the future of robotics, tech and AI. And it's kind of this educational space that you've created to help inform people more about what is most likely going to happen. I'm very curious. So why is it in parallel that you are adamant about doing, about informing as well as?
1: Yeah, well, the part of the project is all about ethics. Right. The, the, why, why have we done this project? What's the point? Is it just to do some novelty? Absolutely not. Uh, there's lots of ways of doing that. That's not our interest. Our interest was because as I read those 22 books about the near future, I became increasingly worried. In fact, I became very bothered about the way that technology can rapidly develop and change the planet forever. The two books that we most highly recommend is 1984 by George Orwell and Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Both of these were written as fictions in the 1930s and 40s, which are now pretty much fact- Everything in there, there's the surveillance world and the, the manipulation and the double speak and all the things that they talk about are actually very much part of our society today. And yet, in those when these books were written, uh, it was very much a fiction. So that bothers me that we have become um, so blasé in the, for the fact that technology is impacting our lives so greatly. And as a result of that, we thought, well, actually, this really does need to look at be looked at ethically. And so. The artwork that she does, the messaging around it is to educate, but also to inform people and ask questions of our period. So, for example, uh, next week we are opening her first museum solo show at the Design Museum in London, and they are actually based on self-portraits. She's done a a number of self-portraits. Now, how can a robot do a self-portrait? How can there be a self when there is nothing conscious, nothing sentient, nothing of human behind yeah. it. There is nothing living here. Ada is not alive. And so as a result of that, how can you have a self-portrait with no self? So why are we done that? Well, we've done that because actually that's what we are doing all the time. We are creating our own self-portraits digitally. Every yeah. time we go online, every time we click like, or we go, go to Amazon or go to Google, we are actually putting forward things that we're about, our portrait of ourselves. And we're doing it as a digital portrait. So Ada, by devising her own self-portraits, is saying, do you realize that you are creating a digital self-portrait? In addition to that, there's also this year, 2021, the first year of significant use of language models. Language models have been around for some time but with the new bigger language models that are coming through, GTP3 is an example of that. These language models mean that we can start talking to machines and they talk back to you. And it's not going to be long until we don't know the difference between a machine and a human. And they can also write, they can do reports, they can do books, they can do uh, written stuff for the uh, the press or for the internet. And so we're going to get to a period of time now, in the next couple of years, where we're going to have increasing use of language models. And again, another self-portrait. What is it that we're going to be involved with when we read this stuff? So Ada is doing these self-portraits and she's also devised a font that says, this is the difference between a machine and a human. We need to know the difference. Because if not, what's to stop? Small groups grabbing hold of these technology, grabbing hold of these language models, and being able to then manipulate on a massive scale yeah. all of these different messaging. You won't know who you're talking to. And that is quite a worry as we're so digital now.
0: And understanding that essentially, even if you are rejecting the idea of cyborgs, you have your phone and it is an extension of you. And therefore, you essentially are a cyborg yeah, yeah. already. But these are things people find difficult to absorb, you no? Know? And then if you remove it, it's like a limb that you lost. Actually, Absolutely. I think it's extremely interesting. And I'm looking forward to the solo show and all of the media attention, I'm sure, response it's going to get. It's a brilliant question and it's it's very introspective, which I think is fascinating for, again, like you said, a robot the self portrait idea is something I think nobody really would have expected, even. It's another surprising turn. Yeah.
1: So I look forward One of to it. The world's first self portraits with no self. It's incredible. Yeah, extraordinary.
0: So I just given a few human form talks, even. So she's, she's had a TEDx talk, which I find really interesting because I watched it and then I, I would love to know how that came about because I believe it was the first TEDx by a robot, correct?
1: I don't know whether it was the first. It was certainly a massive hit. Again, it over had yeah. over 100,000 hits very, very quickly. And and people were, again, fascinated to watch a robot speak. Uh, Ada had quite a scoop there because Oxford is so competitive to be able to speak at TEDx.
0: You've spoken briefly about the rise of NFTs. How do you think this will affect the tech meets art industry? And is it something that you're looking at? It's
1: into? exciting, isn't it? We could be able to put art on the blockchain so people know exactly where they are with it and that that security that you get from from going on the blockchain. And I think the type of art is going to massively develop. We're obviously looking at this area too. I can't give you any information at this point because we're in development and under uh, NDAs. But in actual fact, I, I think the artwork is going to be hugely interesting as time goes on. At the moment, it's just in its beginning days Definitely. but actually I think as time goes on as we're already finding out you can do a remarkable uh a remarkable nfts in actual fact far better than some of the ones that are on the market at the moment
0: with her solo show coming up what's the next thing what's the next step for Ida? are
1: we well, we've got we've got quite a few we've got quite a few steps in the development of modernism in actual fact uh, and she's actually working in uh ben nicholson's studio which is an incredible privilege. And she's going to be looking at artworks that are based from art history to devise monumental works herself. Again, I can't tell you anything about the artworks at all because we're going to have a Dada moment um, in, in a couple of months' time. But yeah, they're going to be surprising. You won't expect what she's doing. It's going to be exciting. And we will certainly be able to get, again, the media to cover it all. You will see over the next two years Uh, We've actually got some amazing international shows coming through. And again, each time she's going to innovate. The big thing is it's she's going to keep showing artwork that has never been thought a robot could do before. So it is very, very exciting.
0: What's your proudest moment so far as someone who's created such a monumental and interesting project, let's call it, but then again, also artist uh, as Aiden and uh, as the founder of IDA.
1: I think, I think just conceptually, everybody wants to innovate like Picasso, certainly are innovating with the artwork. However, to innovate the artist yeah. is something extraordinary. It's a, it's a complete step change. So, it's one thing having to see what she paints and draws. We don't know what she's going to produce, remember. So right. we are looking at what she's producing and painting. And so we're wanting to see how she does it. And uh, it's really exciting to look over her shoulder to see the artwork that she's she's doing. And that has got to be exciting.
0: Okay, and so what's next for Aiden as you?
1: For me, it's looking after the team. She has a, quite a large team around her. We are working with lots of different programmers, uh, working with her abilities. She's going to, as I say, get ever more capable and that's been really exciting to see her capabilities increasing all the time and just making sure that it's completely academic we are an academic but as well as an ethical project we're also an academic project so yeah. we're making sure that the academics are really on board with understanding what we're doing we're very transparent in what we do so right. people can come and see because what we found that actually the tech community have really been Uh, very applauding what we're doing because we are transparent. We are showing them what we're doing. And therefore, um, just the whole uh, trust in the whole project is very high because people can see how we're innovating with the actual tech itself. So it's not just the art world that we're doing on an academic background, but also the uh, tech world. And we're making sure that we're good for them as well as good for the art world. But of course, it goes cross-disciplinary as well. It's not just the robotic world and the art world. There's many other people pulling on her. We're well aware that she works on a many number of levels and people see and project and, and use an insight into her in lots of different ways.
0: And I really do see that very clearly, the transparency as well as the the educational aspect and taking care of being ethical. And I think this is hugely important. And I thank you so much for sharing this information with us. And I thank you for sharing your talks on Zoom. So let's say if you would love to attend one, how how can one go about doing that?
1: Yeah, the best, the best thing to do is just to go to the website, adarobot.com, ai d a robotcom You will be able to contact us, send us an email, and we'll tell us what your inquiry is about. We've had people who wanted to collaborate with us, there's people who want Ada to go to see where, you know, they're involved with something, they want Ada to go. All of those sorts of requests, all those, um, by all means, contact us. And then from that, we can talk about when... She's got quite a busy schedule. She is pretty busy. And as the pandemic eases, we are going to do a lot of international travel when we're safe to do so. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an amazing few years ahead. And like I say, what's in the pipeline is even more exciting. Uh, so looking forward to uh, sharing that. But if you want to be part of it, yeah, just contact us. We can put you on the mailing list as well.
0: That's great. Thank you so much, Aidan, for your time. And thank you for allowing us to see a completely new perspective. And I hope that people are open to it and open to learning more and understanding and following Ida's solo show coming up. And I look forward to seeing you in Cairo very soon.
1: One yeah, very exciting. And Ada will have a moment, really yes. incredible privilege to be part of a whole art scene in, in Cairo. We're incredibly thrilled to have Ada at the pyramids and we can't wait to get there. I look forward to it so
0: much. Thank you so much for your time, Aidan.
1: All the best thank you for thank you for the interview. take care.
0: Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, shoot me a text or direct message us on instagram at radical Contemporary where we'd love to hear your feedback and the topics you'd like to listen to. Also you can check out our website www.radicalcontemporary.com, where all of our content is available. Finally, we'll be hosting a new guest every week so stay tuned.